and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and I'm here on this somber Sunday evening uh, with our co-host, Grant McGalliard, to discuss uh, Kansas State and TCU's uh, quote-unquote football game. I feel like football game might be too um, too high of a title for the affair that happened on Saturday. But Grant, uh, how are you this evening? I'm doing okay, Parker, uh, all things considered. You know, no one wants to listen to a podcast with two middle-aged or middle-20 old men uh, whining and moaning, but um, settle in, folks. Yeah, you know, I, I will say I was surprised the sun did rise this morning. Um, there was there was doubt about that yesterday, so we're we're here and uh, yeah, TCU falls twenty one to fourteen to Kansas State in yet another one score game determined by a touchdown. Um, this season, uh, yet another one score game determined by a turnover uh, with a backup quarterback in, and uh, TCU falls to forty uh, sixth in SP plus the efficiency ratings out of the top thirty decisively. Their defense is uh, actually rose 26th overall. Their offense is 91st. TCU held Kansas State to a 26.3 success rate, four yards per early down, and 6.2 yards per pass. Grant, Kansas State completed eight passes yesterday. Eight passes. It did. And TCU eight. lost. Um, your, your kind of initial, uh, initial reactions to the game, um, big picture thoughts, uh, wh- what did you see? Where are you at? Where I'm at is that it's that TCU isn't – so first off, okay, I'll start with the positives. The defense played well. I really was impressed by how the defense played. Um, you know, Deuce Vaughn had a big play, but he didn't, you know, it, it, he didn't have too many of them. He didn't even score on that big play. Um, the tight end, whose name escapes me because I tried to put that game out of my memory, number zero, what's his name, Riley or Briley or whatever Riley Moore, yeah. Thank you. Um, I had a touchdown. Cool. Okay, well, he's good. Um, but – or if he didn't have a touchdown, he got tackled at the one. But, but so the defense played really well, and, and Gary Patterson could still coach defense. As far as the offense and as far as the game and, and the narrative moving forward, it's that TCU just doesn't seem to want to innovate or try new things or – utilize its playmakers in the best way possible. And um, I'm beginning to worry or realize that the Texas game might've been a fluke. Uh, so yeah, that's where we are. Parker, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty unhappy. Um, just because look, look, if you're bad uh, and like, if you should be bad, if you just don't have the tools on the field and, and just there's, you know, never been able to put it together and, and have no plan for like how to, how to go uh, about your game and, and you get beat, you know, 50 to nothing. That's a different conversation, right? I'm not, I'm not mad about that. What I'm mad about is like wasted potential of a team that has at times looked like they can put things together, been willing to spread the ball, been willing to um, play an offense that actually wants to score, not just uh, hold the ball. Um, and so I, I think we're in a really, really weird spot here where, TCU, I had more than one person uh, who, is, who is connected in the college football world uh, message me on Saturday and just say, there's too many cooks in the kitchen uh, on TCU's offense. Um, they, there is no guiding philosophy. And so what is happening as a result is they have people who have knowledge of air raid and passing game. Uh, and they have people who really, really want to impose running game and clock control. And they are choosing the worst of both worlds there 
Um, and mm-hmm. so the, 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 the thought against Kansas State, I guess, was, hey, Kansas State, you know, we're, we're going to minimize opportunities to turn over the ball because that's how Kansas State kind of wins. We'll sit on the ball, we'll play down to them, and then we'll, the, we'll win by one. Um, and that's just entirely inconsistent with the way that TCU has scored or gotten ahead of opponents ever, just absolutely ever. Well, well, and, and, and I hate to interrupt you, but, but it's like we went into the game with those principles and then didn't do them. I mean, you talk about how, you know, okay, we're going to minimize turnovers. And I guess probably the most – one of the riskier things you can do is throw over the middle of the field. Well, Max Duggan didn't throw over the middle of the field for whatever reason. And then the one time that the backup, Matthew Downey, did throw over the middle of the field, he got picked. So why are we running those – I mean – yeah, let's talk about Galaxy. So I'm starting to get hot about that. No, but, 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 like, but why why have your backup quarterback – and listen, I'm not blaming Matthew Downing at all. He no. was put into a situation he should not have been in. Maybe uh, Duggan was beat, banged up. He had to go in for a couple drives. This isn't Matthew Downing's fault. Nope. But why would you make him throw over the middle of the field? And why would you not trust your starting quarterback to do that? It, it just – it blows – I mean, that was the difference in the game, seven points. Yep. And, and that's, that's the thing right there is like, man – you ran the ball on 56% of early downs the entire game. And the one drive where you have a backup quarterback in, not only do you ask him to throw, again, over the middle and super downfield, uh, knowing, knowing what you know about him, two, you, you don't run the ball on early down. Like, you, you say, hey, here, here's something we haven't asked a quarterback to do all game. We're going to change our game plan now. That's when you're going to say, oh, let's throw it downfield. That's like asking for something bad to happen and then saying like, oh, shucks. Well, we would have won if it weren't for the backup quarterback who threw an interception, um, which is just, yeah, just and, mind-boggling. And, and, the, the complacency with that just seems like it, it, it seems like th- there's some contentment or some complacency just being like, oh, yeah, we probably could have won that game. That's good enough for us. That's well, and, I'll, I'll tell you when they didn't adjust their, their – scheme was on the final drive of the game when they ran on first and 10 with 56 seconds left. I, I mean, dude, like I, yeah, like that, I know we complain a lot about play calling and we complain about not using athletes correctly, but these are like identifiable things. We're not just saying that in general because TCU is losing games and the offense is bad. It's because there are identifiable things that two people that are not football coaches can point out and say, look, why are you doing this? It is bad and wrong and you should stop doing it and do something else. My entire life philosophy might be avoid preventable losses. And, um, and just TCU does not seem to be doing that on the football field. Um, it seems like, you know, we, we've seen this pattern uh, year over year where I don't think, Grant, I haven't looked this up. I'm not sure TCU has won back-to-back conference games since 2017, since Kenny Hill. Uh, you might not be wrong there. Let me check the 2018 schedule. I'm I at least think. think the principal is right there. Uh, all that yeah, is to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. There, there is no kind of there, – there, there is no identity here. There is no, hey, when things are going right, we're able to get, get it rolling. Um, and when, when things are um, – like when things are going wrong, we, we know why they're going wrong. We know how we're going to fix them. It seems like it's game to game, week to week, entirely perhaps too focused on matchups. Uh, that's kind of the hypothesis I'm going on is for all the talk about like gamesmanship and you know, keeping depth charts secret and all that – I, you'd think at some point the the opposing matchup doesn't matter as much as you doing what you do well. And it seems like TCU either A, doesn't have a good grasp on what they do well, or B, uh, isn't isn't interested in, in maximizing what they do well as so much as they are minimizing what other teams do well. 
agree. First off, uh, they beat Baylor and Oklahoma State in back-to-back games to end the regular season in 2018. Ah, the that was Mule. 16-9 Baylor game. Yeah. The Mule, yeah, yeah. And then uh, also, I agree. And, you know, okay, like I- I'm not joking when I say this. Like, And you can correct me if I'm wrong with the stats. TCU ran the ball okay, it felt like, or at least was getting some some ground in the running game when used effectively, right? I, it's not like we're against running the ball if you're doing it well. It's just do it smartly. And it, but but we didn't do that. We just kind of okay. Go ahead, Parker. They're, well, there there's there. I'm confirming you. Their success rate on rushing was 44 percent. Their success rate on passing was 32.5 percent. Okay. Um, averaging over five yards on early down rushes. Averaging under four yards on early down passes. Okay. Well, yeah, exactly. And look, that's not to say don't pass. It's just run better place but like I just you're right it, it seemed like if something was going right for TCU they moved away from it or that they had an established game plan that they were going to run and failed to make any adjustments during the game and that's how you score 14 points on offense because you don't make any adjustments during the game right right and 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 so we've got to talk big picture again and we'll talk about the specifics of the game and each side of the unit and everything but like how do you put Austin Myers uh on the podium after that game like there has to be a better mechanism for feedback and for personnel decisions than sending Austin Myers to the podium. That just seemed ridiculous to me because um, yeah. Myers is very bad. Myers should not be starting. He should not be playing. So your options are either a you're playing him and then blaming him for doing poorly when you insist to keep him in there. Um, uh, or B your, your room is so bad that you're forced to play him. And so then you're just going to blame him instead of blaming yourself for not having, you know, the, the lineman depth to, to rotate through when a guy just doesn't pan out and he is, he is just not panning out. So I can't believe they, they made Austin Myers ask questions uh, or answer questions rather. Yeah. You, you put the kid in a bad spot. I mean, that's yeah. all you did. You, you put him in a position to be blamed. And, and I thought that was kind of, kind of scummy. I, I just, I, I, are there any, I'm trying to be positive. Are there any positive takeaways? I mean, we knew the defense was going to be good. Okay. Yeah. The defense is good. That's just confirming what we knew. I think I the mean, defense I, I don't... not collapsing when our Darius Washington went out on the stupidest targeting yes. call I've ever seen. Um, when, when Josh Foster came in, that's encouraging for future continuity, which, you know, TCU does well uh, on defense. And so I like that he came in and it wasn't like, Oh, everything, you know, the, the, the big run right. was, uh, well before that um yep and uh and so the the defensive continuity you know i want to be mad and say like man how do you like kansas state with a freshman quarterback come in and beat you they didn't uh one explosive play to uh deuce vaughn one stupid missed run but they even mitigated that i think that drive ended in a um uh that was a scoring drive but that was like the only thing yep. and so they have 14 points over 12 drives and then you hand them you know you don't you don't score uh, that, that you can't blame the defense. You can't say, oh, no, the, you know, Will Howard came in and beat TCU, and he's a freshman. No, Will Howard didn't. TCU uh, did not get out of its own way, got beat on offense, um, but they absolutely did enough. If you hold an offense to 14 points in the Big 12, you should win that game 100 out of 100 times. Um, yeah. And I do not understand yeah. why, why TCU refuses to understand that. Yeah, no, I agree. And Look, this is modern college football. Teams are going to score points. I don't care if it's a freshman quarterback or not. I don't care if it's Kansas State, which typically has a lower scoring offense. They're going to score 14 points in a game. You can't gift them another touchdown by making your backup quarterback throw a route over the middle, and you have to bail out your defense. I will say this on the targeting. Targeting is bad, and you shouldn't do it, and I think it was a pretty obvious call. 
But was your initial reaction to do the the uh, old like Chris Berman jacked up soundbite because that's what ran through my head? <laughs> I mean, I was like, that was a hit. I think I was talking to some people in the stands up there, and you know, one guy was doing the "We should just play flag," and I thought that was really funny, <laughs> and I didn't like necessarily believe that, but it was like, dude, that's about as good as a football hit as you're gonna get. And obviously, I don't want guys to get hit. It, it was no. a very hard hit. I, I wouldn't like guys doing that a lot. Washington clearly doesn't have a history of that. There's no reason why he would be going. Yeah, yeah, he's like, not a dirty player. He didn't yeah. launch himself there. It wasn't close to the sideline, whatever. So just a, just a, uh, I, think, I think an overreaction call um, by some officials who haven't seen as many reps this season too. So yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I, I don't know. It, so shout it, out to it, Josh Foster. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up his grade here because he came in and and, and was pretty good um, overall. He got a pick. Like, it, it was the it was the easiest pick you could ask for, but he still got it. I mean, you know, he put himself in the right position. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he had a higher grade on the happened. game than than Garrett Waller did, than Trevius Trevius Hodges Tomlinson, than than Trevon Merrick even. So um, I think he came in and played well um, given the circumstances, especially given like you know he'd been in the rotation, had you know six or seven snaps a game but hadn't expected sure. to take the bulk of snaps. And so to come in for 51 snaps and provide above average continuity on the defense, especially in a position as, as, as crucial as that kind of free safety um, is, uh, uh, is pretty great. So props it's to Josh Foster. Yeah, I think that's absolutely a yeah. positive. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think other than that, um, I mean, the defensive line looked a little bit better. Um, there, the, you know, there are eight pressures where they were getting zero. Um, and so, especially on the inside, I thought, aside from that one run, like Corey Beffley, I, I think is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, you know, guys who, guys who played overall, I think Mathis probably had his best game um, mm-hmm. overall. So he had, you know, four total pressures when he had had, I think, none. And he had three tackles. Uh, Pro Football Focus has him at a 79.4, which uh, would be the highest grade of his career. Um, and then Terrell Cooper, I think, I think played pretty, pretty decently in some extended okay. time. Um, but yeah, so, so if I'm, I'm grasping at straws cause the defense, the back seven was good. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think there were some signs on the defensive line of, of improvement, but I don't know. Well, yeah. And also you got to remember like, and I agree they played well. Kansas state's offensive line is also like completely brand new and not as good as, other offensive lines TC will see. Um, I will shout out uh, LeKendrick Van Zant. Um, I tweeted this during the game, but his speed is incredible, man. I mean, he had a pass breakup that was solely due to like him making a good read and it being straight up faster than the receiver to get to the ball. Yes. Um, he had the he highest had... coverage grade. So, he had sorry. the highest coverage grade. No, you're good. He had the highest coverage grade on the team. And uh, he had an 88.2, which is pretty daggum good um, from yeah. pro football focus. So shout, shout out to LeKendrick. I, I thought he played really well. And, and the thing that I want to see uh, that I'd like to see from him is that that average is high. He's been making those high upside plays all season and all of his career, yep. but he's also like had some pretty bonehead moves. And so he, see him raising his floor raises that average, you know? I, I agree. And what he's, he's still only a sophomore, right? Or am I dumb? I, no, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, you hope those bad plays will kind of, you know, kind of go away as he gets older and matures and, and just gets better. But yeah, you're right. Like his ceiling is undeniably good. Um, yep. And, and, you know, if when Washington and Mary graduate, uh, having Van Zant and um, uh, Josh Foster back there and Bud Clark, whatever he gets ready to play, is, is going to be really exciting. Nuke Bradford as well. So that's, uh, that is we, a positive. We talked about a tons of Von Gore, too, four star who will probably start next year. So, like, there's, yes. some, there's, yes. some, there's some opportunity with this defense. And again, we've known for a while that 2021 was going to be the year. I am more and more inclined to think that 2021 is going to be the next year we go to the Alamo Bowl. But that's at least going to be a substantial increase I, dude, from where we are this year. 
Okay. I, we're to go down a rabbit hole. 2021 might be the last stand. You know what I mean? Uh, I got unfollowed, so I don't care about saying this. Yeah, 2021 better be the last stand. Uh, okay. Is that the route you're going there? You want me to cut that? I don't know. I, I, uh, <laughs> that was not the route I was going. What I was saying was that it, it, it's put up or shut up time. For oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The entire system. I, I'm not saying it has to be the last stand. I'm saying it's shaping up like it will be. Let me hedge that. If not, then when? When. When. I agree. If not, then when? So for the for for everything, I'm be, I'm being general. I'm choosing to be general here. I really have no need to be for 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 Gary Patterson, for his coaching staff, for everything that TCU is doing right now and the way that they run things. 2021 is shaping up to be the last stand and the ultimate. Hey, if this doesn't work this year, I'm not saying fire Gary. I swear to God, I'm not. But it, we're going to have to make straight up wholesale complete changes. And it, it so. Surgery not what you will. surgery not band-aids, um, which is probably what we yes. needed this offseason. Um, yeah, okay, so I'll just say there, there is continuity in the defense. I think the defense is very good. I think the defense did everything you could ask, especially knowing how crazy Deuce Vaughn is and how good Briley Moore is, knowing that Kansas State had a backup quarterback. The, the whole deal was there. Do not let this freshman chump come in and find Deuce Vaughn for six passes for a touchdown. Like, don't let Malik Knowles – we talked about Malik Knowles having, you know, 10 catches or whatever because we were saying his name. Like, don't let Malik Knowles beat you. And, and TCU really, really on defense um, did everything you could ask. Like, sure, they didn't play perfectly. I wish they had tackled Howard and not given up the 70-yard run or whatever. I wish they hadn't let Vaughn have that explosive play. But ultimately, given, you know, the entire course of the game – you, 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 you can almost – you could pick apart their performance in the interest of improving because um, it, it obviously wasn't elite, but it was every bit that you needed to win this game and more. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess that takes us to the other side of the ball. Um, Wait, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you start this because I know, I know you have things you want to say. So let's talk about offense for a second. TCU – has scored 47 points in four quarters of the season. In the other eight quarters that they've played, they've, they've only scored 34. Um, so we're basically looking at the second half of the Iowa State game and the first half of the Texas game, and then a bunch of really, really bad offense um, around that. Uh, and so that's really, really frustrating. Um, Grant, TCU has scored 30 points in the Big 12 play just six times in the last three seasons. So that is in what, 23 games now? 23 games, they have scored 30 points just six times. They've held opponents to 30 or fewer points in seven of their 10 one-score losses. So seven times TCU lost a game by one score that they held their opponent under 30. Like the, the offense has been anemic. We've known that. We were told that things were going to change. We were told that there was going to be quality assurance. And the great issue with TCU's offense is that they, they don't know what they want and therefore they can't execute anything. And we saw that again today. So um, yet again, your, your highest, uh, highest receiving grade was a running back because there was no kind of innovation to get the ball uh, to receivers. Blair Conright had six receptions for eight targets um, and 60 yards outside of him. Basically nobody was involved. Tay Barber grant one reception. And I'm almost willing to bet that was a like a jet pass. Yes. Uh, I, I don't so know off the top of my he, head, but I think it was. 
he was not downfield. In fact, I'm going to, uh, I can pull that up because I, I, I know for a fact it was that Tay Barber, uh, no, his, so he had that one, he had one over the middle, like kind of a drag. Uh, and, and so that okay. was his one. Um, outside of that, he was targeted twice, 20 yards down the field, and then once kind of 10 yards down the field. So um, yeah, just, just a really, really uh, shocking to see that they couldn't find a way to get the ball into Barber's hands. I think that things like the um, J.D. Spielman sweep and pass back were uh, reminiscent of like 2016 when we would run a triple option and or like a triple reverse and then be like, oh, darn, it didn't work. Uh, but that didn't like you can't rely on that to, to jumpstart your offense. That's not how this works. No, um, you, you could run that when you're 2014 TCU and you're trying to show off to the football playoff committee and you do it against like a really bad Iowa State team. Like that's when you do that. So here's not the, when you're apparently a middling team and you're fighting for your life against Kansas State. All your normative commitments about football, you, the, nor, the royal you, right? Uh, all your normative commitments about football boil down to this. When you are better, when you are obviously more talented than your opponent, do whatever you want. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And if talent is equal or you're less talented, then you've got to think about these principles about like, okay, you can't really establish the run. That doesn't work. We've got to, we've got to talk about passing all that. And I think that TCU and TCU fans have learned the wrong lesson about offense because we do not realize how good, one, the 2014 and 2015 offensive line was, and then two, how special in a strictly on-field college football since Trevon Boykin was. Um, Agreed. The, and, you know, you listen to that, like, I, 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 Doug Meacham was on that podcast, uh, Run the Power, our friends over there. Um, and he would say that, like, there was times where he would just throw his hands up because he'd be like, what the hell is Boykin doing? Oh, it's touchdown. Okay. Um, and that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me. So uh, the, 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 talking more about the game, one thing that I'm really, really shocked about, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> friend of the pod, Charlie Hogue, pointed this out to me, and I went back and looked. Uh, Charlie, I'm sorry, we're going back and forth about whether it's Hogue or Hoagie. I'll, uh, I'll correct that. But um, he, uh, he pointed out that TCU was in this three-by-one set very often, and Kansas State only had two defenders. So I went back and looked, yeah. and I, I saw this no less than like six times, where if TCU just audible to a screen – they had three on two in space and, and just could have just racked up yards. I, yeah. I also will say that one time TCU uh, put four on one so, or ran, ran a four by one. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be a screen pass. And Kansas state was like, Oh, this is going to be a screen pass. And I think they got a yard on it. So like, it, it's, it's not even like, I agree. They're audible and do it, but sometimes it's like, okay, this is so predictable that me on my couch is like, oh, they're going to throw a screen yes. whoever that is. And, sure enough, yeah. Like, I'm very opposed to that. Very, very opposed to that. I thought that was very dumb. I think they also covered up – they did this last week too. They covered up Artavius Lynn and had him block, which like – Yeah. What are you doing? What, like, what, right. what are you asking for? Um, so, yeah. So, but but uh, this, this play specifically that I'm talking about is, is TCU literally has three guys and there are two Kansas State defenders. And then, yeah. like, the linebacker is inside the tackles uh, where it's like – Hey, have Barber step back, turn and throw it to him automatically. I don't know if that's – could that be Duggan? I would like to believe in a world where Doug Meacham is smart enough and knows football well enough to have that audible built in. Maybe Duggan didn't read it, right? That, that's Maybe possible. I want to open listen, the door for that. Yeah, I, I, I have a – put a pin in that, but go ahead. That's, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I don't know the reason for it, but there's, there's some obvious things where it was like, hey – why are we not trying to change what we're doing to get yards instead of what they always do, doing the same thing over and over again and wondering why it doesn't work? No, I agree. Um, 
TCU's lowest rated quarterback, lowest rated players per PFF were were their quarterbacks on offense. I it, look. This is a say nice things about Max Duggan podcast. And if I was getting my ass kicked, like a third of the times that I drop back, I would probably be off my game too. Max Duggan had an off game against Kansas State. But Max Duggan should be a good enough quarterback to where we can still win where he has off days. And the offense didn't scheme around that. They didn't have any contingency plans for Duggan having an off day. And and we lost. I, I mean – I don't know. I'll, I'll chalk it up to an off day, but but sometimes it's like, dude, like Duggan, like you have to make those throws, man. Like he's a good quarterback. I love Max Duggan. That's my quarterback. And him running for that touchdown was the only like sign of life I felt during that entire game. But it like shoot, man. Sometimes you got to make some of those throws. Yeah. So I mean, he was he was nineteen of thirty one. He only had one hundred fifty four yards, a QBR of forty four, just very bad. And um, I will say, at one point, he at one point he was like eleven of fourteen for I don't know, like one ten or something like that. And then he kept getting smacked. And I wonder if he just kind of got, you know, gun shy and just started checking down in the second half because his like yards per attempt dropped dramatically during that yeah. game. Yeah. So, so I think I mean he had to come out at some point. Was clearly nursing something. Yeah. Had had gotten hit. And so again. I'm not here to say that Max Duggan is a perfect quarterback and we can't criticize him because like we can, he did not play well. And I'm there with you again. Let's think about who can control what. Okay. I know the offensive line is bad, right? I know that my young quarterback is frazzled, right? That's evidently that like that's evident. So you can do two things. You can trot out that tackle into the post game and blame him and keep running the same thing and have your quarterback get demolished and lose the game. Or you could say, okay, we know these constraints. What do we need to be doing? to try and mitigate this pass rush, what do we need? Can we be rolling Max Duggan out? Can we be incorporating more play action? Do we need faster routes? Um, do we need to shift who's on the offensive line? So, again, you look at um, – so, C- Coleman took over for Coker again. They've been doing that pretty consistently. I don't know when Coleman's just going to start because, Coleman, you know, Coleman had a pass grade of uh, 80, and Coker was well, 74. Coker, Coker got hurt. Oh, okay. I Coker didn't know that he hurt. actually got hurt. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I, yeah. He only played thirty-two snaps, and Coleman played the rest of the game. Yeah, so but like Coleman's been coming in in the second half in the last two games anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. but so yeah, you look you look at that and just kind of look at. I mean, surely there's enough that Austin Myers doesn't have to play eighty snaps um, at left tackle, um, given how bad he is. I mean, in this week it was well, still it is, fifty-eight. Is TJ's, dude, he was the third highest rated player in the offense. Like I understand and I agree with you that there needs to be a change at that position, but. And that's wonder, probably just a sign of how anemic the offense was. But I wonder how, how wise it is to compare across positions like that, but I don't know. I, I don't uh, know. Um, also, Storm, it doesn't exist. No, that's what I was going to say. So Storm, it allowed that one god-awful strip sack against Iowa State, and I haven't seen hide nor hair of him since then. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, if, when you bring in a guy that. like that who's supposed to be like a world beater, as a, like a grad transfer, and then if he's just going to ride pine all season, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, it either. I mean, it, it, maybe it says a ton about him. Maybe it says a ton about someone sure. who is in charge of developing and deploying offensive linemen who may or may not know what he's freaking doing. Um, oh, okay, hold, hold on. I, I want to point this out, and just as a disclaimer, we were evaluating these young men solely on their performance on the football field and not as the character as human beings. Okay, absolutely. Go ahead. Me talking about someone not knowing who they're freaking doing is not one of the young men on the field. Um, yeah. So, so yes, again, um, I think maybe like 
I would tend to believe, hey, if you have a new offensive line coach and something's going wrong with a multi-year 12-game grad, 12-game starter grad transfer tackle, and you are trotting out the two tackles that you have right now, that might not be TJ Storman's fault. Uh, there, there might be more if than you, the ECI. Yeah. If, uh, if you have an offensive line coach that is also, you know, coached receivers or, you know, coached, you know, was an offensive coordinator for some reason, if you were, you know, all that stuff, running back coach, you know, it isn't necessarily an offensive line guy. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. You know, uh, have you ever heard the, the have you ever heard the phrase that a jack of all trades is a master of none? I have heard that. That's all I have to say about that. Um, okay, what else about the game? I don't know. Can we find any positives on the offense? Blair Conright might be good. Blair Conright is good. We I'm I, I he is, is he, not he is expecting hands. that. Yeah, he has hands. I'm He's not, a, and good good for him possession receiver which i love to see tcu has not had that reliable we're just going to get you the ball you're going to grab it kind of a guy so very happy about that for sure um i will say that i I, oh go ahead no i was gonna say i think kendry miller um you know not to not to overvalue running backs but i think kendry miller is also good yeah i i like that they continue to have um barlow and miller kind of splitting time foster only had five snaps which is interesting but i think they like miller foster had Foster had 28 snaps. Oh, well, five rushing snaps. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah my bad. Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to I'm cut like, you no, off. My bad, no, no, my bad. My I'm, bad. Over on the, I'm over on the rushing. Um, I, yeah. I, I think that there was um, – yeah, so, so I think Miller had seven rushing attempts. Barlow had eight. Duggan had six. Three of Duggan's were scrambles. Um, three of them were designed. So, again, stuff like where was that QB jet sweep power that we saw with Matt, Matt Downing? We want, like if stuff's not working, you know you have it in the playbook. Why aren't you running this? Where are the RPOs we saw against Texas? I rewatched that game, and I even went so far as to tweet tech, uh, TCU is an air raid school now, and we saw not a lot of that. I, I, I will. I will. This is the only thing I'll say in defense of, of the play con. Duggan might have also like literally been like, dude, I'm going to throw up if I have to carry this ball one more time. Like yeah. design. Like I'll do yeah. it to save my life. But it, they may have been like, dude, like we cannot call a design Duggan run in the second half or you know yes yes that, that uh, might be a reason well and i'm down with that this is probably more like ex ante like why was your game plan this yo for sure for sure yes yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah, yeah like my first, no, you're right i didn't i didn't take this i didn't script this like play by play but you look at tcu's first you know two drives like they're scripted stuff and uh first down run uh first uh, second down run with a missed tackle t- tackle a deep shot to quentin johnson i'm feeling pretty good um but then you go barkley uh on second and 15, a design pass to get Barkley the ball three yards downfield, um, and then a pass to a running back, and then they punt. Uh, and so it's just like, even on that drive halfway, it's like they had a little bit of success kind of doing what they had done, and they really didn't go after Quentin Johnston again. Like, it just, and that might be to your point of like, maybe they didn't think he could get the ball, Doug didn't get the ball down there. Um, but I really just wasn't, I was just very surprised at what they did overall I, I will say Kansas State's defensive back whose name escapes me did did a couple uh, or had a couple really good plays on Johnson um so maybe yes. it was like dude hey that we're one, just like, to throw away from that guy that one of the end zone was one of the better plays because Johnson had that ball and he rolled his mm-hmm. rolled his arm through that was so impressive you're right mm-hmm. that's a good call yeah so maybe that's they were throwing a, away a, from him but they didn't have anything to show for it like no no for sure. Uh, hell, uh, yeah, at that point, just didn't just throw it to him anyway. You're not completing passes to the other side of the field. Get it to your big, tall, good wide receiver and see what he can do. Right. I'm, I, yeah, no, I know. 
I was encouraged to see uh, Prowell's Pro in the game. I think he's getting back healthy. I yep. think he'll be a good weapon. I'm, I, like we talked about at the beginning of the game, the beginning of the season, I'm happy to see him at the Y and figure that out. So, um, yeah, kind of a frustrating game overall, though. I don't know. We can keep spinning our wheels. I guess Wait. we're – Hitting, we're hitting a time where we should evaluate what, what let's let's get our let's get our closing thoughts because I could dwell on this forever um so yeah do you have anything else about the offense no I, I gotta tell you I mean it, it wraps into my closing thoughts which is that I, I look I know this is sports it doesn't matter all that but it's it's just extremely frustrating and this is probably the most frustrating I felt with this team in a while. I mean, you look last year, okay, you were one in six in one score games. Well, Duggan was a freshman. He was still working out a lot of things. The defense was good, but not as good as it is this year, or at least should be this year. And okay, maybe this is, hey, this is the bottom of the cycle and it's only up from here. But this year seems to, based on this game and really kind of based on how the Iowa State game went and the second half of the Texas game to be just a, a repeat of the past. And, and that's the most recent pass and not the Boykin years. So it's extremely frustrating to see that the TCU doesn't want to innovate. It doesn't want to do things that can make it great. And it doesn't want to, you know, take advantage of the talent that is on this team. And it, it feels like we're wasting the careers of players that could be legitimately great. And, and not to be a, a soft heart, but that's kind of what makes me mad is that a lot of these TC players deserve to be mentioned in the context of those guys from 2014, 2015. And because the team is, is bad this year or looks like it will be bad this year, I don't think they're, they're going to get that recognition. And, and, and that stinks. It absolutely does. And that's, that's, that's a great way to say it. It's just ultimately, I think TC is too content to say, you know, we played hard and we developed our players and we almost won uh, when, when they should be winning games. Um, we're, also, we didn't develop the players. No, I should throw that no. out there. They didn't develop the players. So. That did not happen. Um, yeah, there is there is no guiding principle to TCU's offense. There is no guiding principle to TCU other than they have a head coach who is um, really, really good at defense. And uh, the only times that he's been able to figure out offense have been on the backs of uh, just being outright better than every single person that you're playing every year uh, or every game or having, you know, one of the most electric uh, college quarterbacks in in history um just by design someone you didn't recruit to play quarterback uh who turned out to be amazing so that that's kind of uh frustrating I think that you know there's a lot of time in the bye week uh, I expect a, a feisty performance at Oklahoma I'm, I'm excited for TC to get healthy and potentially spend a lot of time looking at what Texas was able to do against Oklahoma and what Oklahoma was able to do against Texas so TCU can kind of figure out their transitive property there but I think I think my expectations for TCU I, I let them get high seeing what they did in the second half seeing the beat texas but i do think that we are um we're, we're going to look at the 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 drive for five is is getting a little bit more squeezed this uh this season so um yeah a dour note i'm sorry about that that's where we're ending i think that's both where we are kind of in headspace um overall but uh you know we have to talk about these things we have to talk about I gave you a positive when footballs go bad. Yeah. Uh, please give me a positive. I'm spiraling. Texas lost. They did. They did. Um, and it was really, really funny. It was. Can I, can I give a hot take about this? I was talking sure. to somebody else about this. I actually think I'm separating out where I like Sam Ellinger and dislike Tom Herman. And I think more and more as I see that I'm being able to separate the two in my mind and saying like, I, I think my biggest knock against Sam Ellinger is just that he plays for Texas. Like that's, that's it. Yeah. I, okay, I'm kind of at a similar point too, where I think that 
Ellinger is kind of corny, but also if I grew up wanting to play quarterback for one of the most historic programs in college football and then did that, I would be the corniest human alive. Oh, absolutely. Like I don't blame him for anything that he's done. He does play for Texas, so I'm predisposed to not like him. I I think I probably dislike the – the uh, to, to use a phrase that I hated in a former life, the media narrative around him. Um, you know, when he scored that, we're getting deep, but this makes me laugh. When he scored that final touchdown against Oklahoma in regulation, Gus Johnson yelled out, hero, leader, Texan, as he crossed the goal line, as if it was like Sam Houston and not Sam Ellinger. Like, it was unbelievable. So I think that the whole hype around him and also the fact that he plays for Tom Herman um, has kind of like, soured my opinion but yeah Elliot I think is a good dude he's just kind of corny and he plays for Texas that's fine he's a good quarterback he's not a Heisman winner but he's a a good quarterback that plays for Texas and is living out his dream it's just not going the way you thought it was going to yeah yeah so so this weekend seeing that and seeing like ESPN posted a disgusting tweet kind of making fun of Ellinger um if if it didn't come from ESPN it would have been funny but well, so it, right. Well, because ESPN does the whole, you know, uh, like, hey, we're going to talk about Texas being back, and then we're going to make fun of a 22-year-old because of all of that. Yeah. So yeah, um, it, it, it's it's punching below your weight class. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely punching is. down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, so TCU loses 21-14. We're going to go into bye week this week. Uh, we'll probably post uh, kind of the recap on. Um, on Tuesday for all of you guys, so we can take a little slower time and spread it out over bye week. And then, and then, you know, Thursday, Friday, I think we'll post and talk uh, on the podcast about kind of scouting TCU more in depth. So um, mm-hmm. I'll do my advanced stats preview, like, like, uh, like TCU was playing TCU um, and Grant will do schemes and storylines as if uh, just kind of say, Hey, in the first three games, what have we seen? What what's worked and all that. So um, some good mm-hmm. content this week, uh, guys, we hit, we hit a number of subscribers um, last weekend on Friday uh, that I was thrilled with and, and, and really just flattered that so many of you signed up and, you know, we're working hard to try and give you guys some of the best TCU coverage on the internet. So thanks for being fans with us. Thanks for, um, you know, supporting us. And, and again, always open line of communication, uh, comments, questions, concerns, hop into the DMs, talk to us for sure. Uh, make sure you subscribe at purpletheory.substack.com if you're not already there. Uh, Grant, you got any, uh, you got anything else? No, I'm just going to say, look, TCU may be losing, but we're not going to stop the content train, baby. It's coming your way. Listen, we're going to analyze this team all the way down or up or wherever the hell it goes. We'll be there. I, I think uh, this so season. This. I think this season, my wife is actually happier that I'm not talking to her about TCU football. So this is, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be here on the microphone and, and writing just because it's got to go somewhere. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, cool. Well, uh, y'all y'all be good. We'll catch you later this week. Uh, like and subscribe, all that stuff, and uh, go frogs. Frogs.